This is Zach Howard, and you're listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Hey, Real Nerds listeners. Your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find The Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. Oh man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2015 and beyond. I was going to say, you, you might as well say 2016 now. I guess I could say 2016 yeah. because, you know, today was the last day at Denver Comic Con. Yep. Good times. Yeah, it was a good year. Yeah, with me this always is year. James and Brad. Hey, Brad. Hey, Brad. What's up, guys? Uh, how, how was everybody's Denver Comic Con? Exhausting. Yeah. It's always exhausting, but did you have fun? Yes. Wow, that's a long delay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Fun? <laughs> fun. Like like jumping on a trampoline fun. See, I had a lot of fun because, Brad, I think you need to, you know, branch out a little more. Too um, busy working. D- do interviews. I mean, your interview with Matty O'Connor was probably classic. Oh, probably. dude. <laughs> I can't wait to hear that. I don't know. I got to listen to yours. I, 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 know, I, I know mine is classic mm-hmm. because we talked about nothing but nonsense. In fact, I didn't introduce him until, I don't know, 10 minutes into it. <laughs> Oh, dude, we I mine was actually too normal early on. I had to make it become nonsense. By the end, though, we had a pretty awesome movie idea on our hands. Really? So. He was normal for a little bit? He was normal for a little... Oh, yeah. I mean, like he was totally on drugs, but he was really normal for being on drugs. Well, because he wanted to... I told him that these guys stopped by wanted to do a radio play with on our podcast. He said, well, let's do a radio play right now. I'm the milkman, and I'm sleeping with your family. You don't know <laughs> who I'm sleeping with. And right away, I said, my dog seems really happy, and my gerbil was missing. And <laughs> it just went from there. Nice. That sounds about right. I'm going to make that movie. Yeah. And then we came up with an idea for Pod Show Season 2, where he's a rapper named Marty O'Connor. And he comes back in time to tell himself to stop from rapping, and he can only talk in raps. <laughs> so it... Yeah, it was a funny, and then I did a beatbox for him, and he rapped. We did we did more interviews this year than we've ever done. Oh yeah, we were popular this time. We did really well. <laughs> Let's pat ourselves on the back. No, yeah. we should. I think we did a great job. We had like at... thirty or forty total. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were just twelve or thirteen just today. I, I didn't even line Sorry. any up today, and I yeah, and they just kept on showing up. And there were a few that I didn't like. I never did get a hold of uh, Nick Spencer. He was gone for the last couple hours, and then when he did show up, he was sort of busy. I just didn't want to bother him. So we can email um, him. Yeah, I yeah. got uh, Steve Liebers, and we can um, email cool. him too. Awesome. Yeah, and he said he'll do it if he said because he was kind of busy too. Oh yeah, and he said if uh, you can, we can do an email interview. So I'll just come up with some oh, that'd questions be cool. and send yeah. it and then post it online. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, Everybody's really nice. This oh year. man, like I said, I had so much fun just talking to people and it seems you know what i do love about denver comic-con is the people that go there the attendees are so nice yeah um every panel i do and i you know i have to even someone like alan tudyk and you the line to ask him questions goes all the way back to the back of the ballroom and i say oh you know i'm sorry this is the last question everybody just sat down yeah and no one was like oh fuck you <laughs> they, everybody sat down and it was really cool because uh, that was maybe the most fun I've ever had on a panel. Yeah. Uh, last year with Kevin Conroy, I was like in awe the whole time. Right. And he told great stories. But the Tudic one was so much fun because he told so many stories. And it probably doesn't hurt that he's been to so many Comic-Cons. Yeah. Uh, you know, Denver, San Diego, wherever he's been. Um, he he knows how to work a room. He does. And so it was, it was really fun uh, because I always like to meet the talent before – we go out on stage, and he was early, and he said, he said, hey, uh, how's it going? I said, oh, good. My name's Ryan. I'm going to be moderating your panel. He's like, awesome. What did you want to do? 
I said, you tell me what you want to do, Alan. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Yeah. He's like, how about we just have the audience ask us questions? I said, we'll do that. And so um, he's like, all right, man. I can't wait to see you out there. And so we went out there. And he, what he does is everybody who asks him a question, he'll sign something for him. So uh, he was, when we were back there getting ready to go on, and we were just kind of bullshitting and just saying, hey, do you like Denver and stuff? And yeah. he's yeah, I love it. Uh, he stole people's name plates that were done for the con like sean astin and jewel state and amy aker he like just took them all and he uh so when people would ask questions he's like oh there's jewel state and he'd sign alan tudyk was here and he'd hand it to him (laughs) um and then he would also sign shower caps uh prop list for his show that he got on kickstarter cool which sounds really cool it's called con man yeah and it's with nathan fillion and him that they were on a show that was canceled too soon kind of his career Uh uh-huh and so it's a show inside of a show inside of a show, and it sounds really interesting. And so he also would sign prop lists for that and, like, cards for it and body cool. wash. <laughs> and, and he was just fun. Did you talk to him about Tucker and Dale at all? Uh, no, uh, I just sat down, and mm. everyone else asked him questions. Uh, but he was asked about Tucker and Dale and who he would kill from Serenity <laughs> uh, in Tucker and Dale style. And I forget who he mentioned, but uh, Chris said he'll send us the audio for it. Um, I forget who he mentioned. He says, and of course, the wood chipper. So, right. uh, and everybody cheered. And at the end, he had the whole bag still of toiletries. And he said, all right, who wants some free toiletries? And everybody came running up, and he was signing passes. And I'm not going to say who, but someone from the Comic-Con got mad at us because he wasn't leaving stage right away. Oh, my goodness. I know. And he, so he just kept on signing. He's like, you, we need to clear out. We need to clear out. And he was just ignoring him. Yeah. And then eventually he's like, okay, we need to go. And as we were leaving, I said, uh, you know, Mr. Tudor, that was the most fun I've ever had moderating a panel. And he hugged me, put his arm around me and hugged me and walked off stage with me. He's like, thank you so much, Ryan. You have a good day. Aww. And he just – and he left. I was like, oh. Thank you. best friends. Do, 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 <laughs> I've had so much luck with the uh, celebrities I've got on panels, except for Will Wheaton. And uh, <laughs> everybody else has just been... Just throw down the gauntlet. He's only really active on the internet. I don't give a shit. Fuck He's going to set a firestorm in our backyard. Good. Um, but everybody else has been like really nice. Yeah. Um, Amanda Connor was amazing today. I actually had the opportunity to talk to her three times. Cool. Um, we have an exclusive interview with her that we'll be putting up soon. Um with her and her husband, and then I went to her table today, and there was only like ten people in line. So I was like, "Oh man, now I'll get some prints." And she also had a sketchbook. Yeah, and I'm like, "I'll just get that." There's only ten people in line. It took like forty minutes because you know you would get mad, but when you see her, she's just so nice to everybody, and yeah. she just thanks everybody for you know coming to talk to her and um, all that stuff. And she did a panel, and afterwards, she was so great in the panel. And she was walking by our table, and I just wanted to tell her that she did such a great job, and I loved all her answers. And uh, I said, I just loved your answers, and I love your work, and I love you. And she hugged me. And she says, I love you, too, and keep reading my comics. And then she's like, you're so sweet, and just kept on walking. I'm like, <laughs> it, it was just so much fun. And she's just the nicest lady. Yeah. You know, she's one who's extremely talented and just gives everybody the time of day and is very gracious. And her and her husband, Jimmy uh, Palamiotti, he was super, super cool, too. Yeah, because um, he knows. I mean, he knows that his wife is, you know, the artist and the big name. But he was still pretty funny, and uh, he signed my Friday the Thirteenth book, and he was super stoked. And then when I went to their uh, table and I had my old Spider Man, he was really excited about those. He's like, "Oh fuck, I have those ones too." Yeah, he's from New Jersey, <laughs> and uh, it, it was lots of fun. Very cool. So, uh, James, what's your favorite moment from Comic Con? Uh, oh man, I don't know. Um... I would say your interview Shoot. with Zach Howard, just because I could see how engaged he was in it. It was awesome. Oh yeah, that one was re- it was really good. But I mean, every time I get to talk to him, it's great. Like we talked for I don't know thirty minutes or so, and he's got some really awesome shit he's working on. He's basically they're taking um, they're taking Wild Beat Blue Rounder and making this like interactive web comic thing where like you're going to be able to read it on your on your laptop and the camera in your laptop if you're using the right kind of um, of laptop. The camera in your laptop will like read your movements, and so as you move your head and things like that, and as you react, not only will elements of the page change, um, but characters' reactions will change. Characters will like be looking at you or look different directions based on where you are and stuff like that. Like it's this, it sounds really crazy, um, but a, a really neat idea. So he's working on that, and then he's uh, got you know other books and even some things he couldn't really talk about on the air. Um, that uh, he's just he's just an awesome guy. 
Um, so that one was really good. And there were just a lot of really fun people who were there, who were exhibitors, had their own little tables and that kind of thing, who um, came by and sat down and spent some time with us that uh, were really fun people. Like they were, you know, they're either working on their own like little startup comics or they're doing, you know, comic books that tie into their music or whatever they're working on. It's just a lot of people who were really passionate about, you know, fun stuff that they're working on. And it was really... And we interviewed this two year authors. Than, oh, yeah. Oh, Amelie yeah. Amelie was awesome. Yeah, those were really cool. She was really interested in our pod show, so I gave her a copy. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, uh, and then we ran into her at the Old Chicago, and yeah. then I ran into her in the street. <laughs> she just, was really cool. She's just a nice lady. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, a, it was a good one. It was certainly a good one. Brad, what did, what did you enjoy? Um... I guess anyone who came up and noticed Jean-Claude Van Damme's damn van. <laughs> yeah, was a, a lot, lot of people, people. man. Yeah. We, we, oh, yeah. How many posters did you burn through? I have a bunch left. I don't know. I, I, I felt like I didn't, but I guess everyone's oh, dude, a I, different, I, different experience than me. Yeah, I saw I saw yeah. a lot of people. Like, I, I had a lot of people, especially today during that period when you were gone and I was waiting for Zach Howard. There were a lot of people coming up like asking me about it. And like, you know, I'll be honest, a couple of them were weirdos who were like, you know, yeah, most to, of the really, wanted, I saw really was... wanted to talk about Jean-Claude Van Damme. And I was like, okay. But, you know. Most of the people um, I saw were just like, they thought, they saw the poster and just thought, oh, that's a funny, like, joke poster. Yeah. They had no idea that. It, there was there was one guy who came up and, like, we were talking about it and he goes, this is real? I was like, yeah, it's playing on the TV behind us. He's like, oh, shit, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. No, I think it did really well. Yeah, so hopefully you'll get, uh, you know, more traffic to it. I mean, we had so many people come to our table. I <coughs> Bless you. I can't imagine that not happening. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I think it was good. Um. Yeah, just things I think went smoother this year, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. Again, I think it's... Setting up early was great. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I think that really helped. Even the teardown, as much as I sort of hated it at the time because of the elevator thing, we got out of there in an hour. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, Pretty we, good. We did really well. Helps when you park right next to the elevator. Yeah. yeah well, we yes, learned. it does. Right? Yep. And, you know, cool. thank you to both of you guys. I know it's hard work. And, yeah. Um, I appreciate it. It's, it's all right. It is a fun thing to do. It is. It... it, it it justifies what we do sometimes for me because totally when you do panels with Alan Tudyk and things like that, you say, okay, I'm kind of legit. And when you have the, there was a guy who, a stagehand who I knew from last year, who we were so busy at one point, uh, Nichelle Nichols needed a, pa- uh, a moderator. Yeah. And at that time I had an interview with DC comics with Marguerite Bennett and I had to run to the Alan Tudyk panel and in between was Nichelle Nichols. And I just said, I'm sorry, I have way too much to do. And so they had to have one of their stagehand guys. He had to do it. And when I was getting ready for Alan Tudyk, he's like, dude, I have so much respect for you because it's so hard to go out there and you know do a panel. And it probably is if for someone if you're, if like you're, Michelle Nichols who's done a lot, but she's probably a little more mellow. Mm, and yeah. you know, you're going to have to kind of get the conversation going. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I did, uh, I did like the, the Doctor Who panel a couple of years ago. Um, with you know uh, um, Sylvester McCoy, mm-hmm. and that you know he's the same kind of guy, right? Older guy, real mellow. Um, but the truth is, you got this big crowd full of people who really just want to talk to that person, want to ask a, a couple questions. You know, that's the thing like, you have to remember. I tell everybody as a moderator, always ask the the person you're moderating for what they want to do. Yeah, and majority of them want to just have questions asked to them from the audience. Yeah, and I always say too, James Marsters taught me that. It's you're there for the audience, mm-hmm. and I mean I already kind of knew that, but when he says it too, it kind of reinforces it, and you just kind of let them take over for you. Yeah. Um, unless you know they, Jeremy Bullock wanted me to do like acting classes with them, <laughs> and that's fine too. You know. Yeah. Um, but majority of them just want to. Uh, yeah, it's just fun. Yeah. Um, for sure. So I I'll always uh, thank you to Denver Comic Con. Yeah. Um, Chris Whitfield, obviously, always thank you to him. And uh, all of the people who, like, volunteer and make that mm-hmm. thing happen, like, it, it's amazing. You walk around that thing, especially as big as it is, there are so many red shirts and yellow shirts all over the place, and you just think, man, it, it takes so many man hours to make this thing happen. Yep. Um, so it's really cool. Even one of our friends, uh, Nathan, his girlfriend Jamie volunteers there every year, and uh, she was helping uh, the comic talent move around and stuff, so. Cool. We even know people who work there. Yeah. And do stuff, so. Well, and Uncle Quorum does, too. He yeah. volunteers. He does as well. Yeah. And he... I revised. My favorite moment was throwing Blu-rays out onto the, yeah. the show floor. Oh, that was good. That oh, was yeah. Good. Me and Brad, um, I was handing them out because we just had them there. 
And like a kid went by and I was like, hey man, do you have How to Train the Dragon 2 on Blu-ray? And he was dressed up as Sonic, so I thought it was really cool. Yeah. And he's like, no. I said, do you want it? He says, yeah, can I have it? And I gave it to him. Yeah. Um, and then Brad's like, <laughs> Brad had the idea of just to like set it out in the middle of the hallway to see if anybody would, <laughs> would pick it up. And everybody did. Yep. Some people were scared too. Like some people saw it and didn't pick it up. And then some <laughs> people like, there picked, must be poop inside. Yeah. And then some people picked it up. <laughs> this and, is a trick. Yeah. And then Brad threw one all the way across the crown. Uh, across the showroom floor, and this guy curling picked, style. Yeah, this guy picked up and like offered to give it back to me. I said, "That dances with wolves is yours." <laughs> and he said, "All right." <laughs> I, I hope he's never seen dances with wolves before. I hope he takes it home and really enjoys That's that. That's a good movie. Yeah, he's gonna watch it. And be like, "This is like this is a rip off of Avatar." <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> uh, speaking of movies, every week, Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw Tomorrowland. Make sure you stay. Tune to the end of the podcast. We'll say if you should see it or not. Play the trailer, and then we will critique the movie or praise the movie. Um, we also talk about movie news, uh, stuff we've been watching, a comic book we've been reading, um, upcoming releases. We're movie podcasts. We love movies. Um, and I just want to thank everybody. And let's get uh, the show ro- rolling. Good. And the, how we always start the show, if we don't have any fan mail, which is most weeks, uh, if we don't have any fan mail, it's... What's happening at the Alamo Draft House? Listen, if you're don't watching talk to a movie, movies. don't it's bother really hard. texting you know, or talking to talking. other people. I want to listen to what those guys are saying. It's really distracting just, to I hear wanna, I don't want to text. I don't want to see the glow of the light on your face. I just think it's really stupid. I want to see Spider-Man. I want to... See? It's hard to focus on two things at the same time. Don't text or talk during the movie. It makes it seem like a piece of shit. You are a piece of shit if you're doing that. Even if you're an old lady. Uh, it's a fun week at Alamo. Good. Um, on May 27th is the Mondo X Chiller comes back. And that's kind of their like uh, sci-fi horror cult films. And this week it's Scanners. Cool. Um, that's a... F- different movie yeah um and this is a the, the big one for them this week is actually peddling for parkinson's fundraiser parkinson's fundraiser and that's back to the future um and that's may 28th that's thursday and remember if you buy your tickets online the proceeds all the proceeds go to peddling for parkinson's and there's a special intro by michael j fox so you get a little something special and you see one of the greatest movies of all time so there's uh nothing wrong with that absolutely uh also may 28th is um girly night and it's pretty in pink Cool. Which is a John Hughes film. Uh, Saturday, May 30th, the cartoon serial party is Assemble the Team. So I'm guessing it's a lot of superhero cartoons. Sunday, May 31st, Maximum Bondage from Russia with Love, which is uh, our good friend Steve. His big thing he's doing is the Maximum Bondage. Um, so, yeah, make sure you buy your tickets online at Alamo Drafthouse, uh, just drafthouse.com slash Littleton or Denver, and it'll take you to the website, and you can get your seats reserved there. And for stuff like Peddling for Parkinson's, it's probably important that you get your tickets fast. Oh, yeah. Because um, that stuff sells out. So um, thank you, Alamo Draft House. And uh, let's start with movie news this week. It's real news. Cool. What got this week, James? Um, well, it's not, it's not huge. Hey, did you, you, have you heard about this thing where they're, uh, they're making a, like a sequel TV show to Full House? Yeah, Fuller you, House. I, right, yeah. I, fuck, every time somebody... That's a horrible name. Oh, my God. Were, were you guys big Full House fans? Nope. No. no? Okay, yeah, so nobody gives a shit about this? No. Uh, I don't know why they're doing this. This seems like... I know the Olsen twins aren't doing it. Right, exactly. Um, not that that would make me... If Elizabeth Olsen were involved, then, oh, I'd, be yeah. down. then I'd be like, all right. Have you seen Elizabeth Olsen's tits? God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Remember in, like, uh, Age of Ultron? I have a hard like, time not. bending over to, like, kill Ultron. You can, like, totally just see up her shirt. You, I I was paying attention to the movie, well, or, or remember old boy and <laughs> or an old boy where she fucks her dad. Uh, let's move on. So a couple of years ago, uh, for different, actually the very or Martha Macy May is that the one? Uh, Martha Marcy May Marlene. Yeah, she's naked in that one. Yeah. Anyway, um, what okay, else? Do you remember what movie we saw for the first Denver Comic Con? No, this is, this is a puzzler. Yeah. I don't. Well. X-Men First Contact? Or no. <laughs> okay. Uh, how about if I tell you that even though the sequel to that movie hasn't come out yet, they have announced that they're going to make a third one. They're, Lionsgate is already working on Now You See Me 3. Oh. Remember that? Yeah. Man, we didn't like that movie very much. 
Um, but they're making the third one. So hopefully the second one's any good at all. <sighs> I think the second one comes out in October. Yeah? I haven't even seen the trailer. Or well, is it? <laughs> uh, Isla yeah. Fisher is in it, and she has big tits. And in um, all right, so Wedding Crashers, <laughs> she's leaning over, and you can just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's beating up Ultron. And yeah. 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 Uh, World War Z is also getting a sequel for 2017. That, that doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it lends itself to a sequel. Yeah, I don't know. I know you guys aren't you know, like I love that movie. Do so you fuck you and fuck you? I I mean I own it now. Like I I don't I like. Do you watch the unrated cut? It's good. I like parts of that movie. I haven't watched the unrated cut. Yet. It has more character beats and um yeah and Matthew Fox isn't cut out of it. Oh, Matthew Fox is in the movie mm-hmm. for like five minutes. <sighs> oh shit! Yeah, I gotta go watch that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, the question to me is, do you put Brad Pitt in the movie? Mm. I you don't have to. I wouldn't. Um, you know that's. I mean, other than like that, he was a big selling point of the first one. Yeah, I'd like, have him get eaten it in the first five minutes, and then that oh, that's not bad. Story. Yes, well, yeah, like, but the first one is such like a, you know, like by the end, like his family is fine, and doesn't he cure? He cures it. He figures out how to cure it. Oh, okay. So I guess there's still so while things. administering the cure, he gets bitten <laughs> and. <laughs> Torn apart right. to shreds by nice. zombies. Hopefully they'll make it rated R. Yeah. Isn't it interesting now, though, unrated cuts of movies isn't really because it's more bloody. It's like, oh, it's more story. <laughs> yeah. And his assistant is, like, all distraught over And then it's, like, the assistant's story. Nice, bro. Nice. Yeah. I'm writing in my head right now. <laughs> and he's like, no, Brad Pitt's Copyright intestines. Brad Hig. <laughs> Brad Pitt's intestines are all over the floor. I must carry on his legacy. <laughs> no, I think the, the original. super handsome insides. <laughs> The original ending to that movie is uh, he goes to Canada with his family trying to solve the cure. Oh, or, that's or right. solve it. So, um, I think <laughs> what was well, the ending in the real one? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> he, uh, I think it was him just about to get to Canada. I don't remember. Well, I think he like he he gathers back. He gathers back with his family there, mm-hmm. like on a on the shores of yeah, some, like cold Canada. island. Yeah, Canada. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, that's pretty much news. There's, there wasn't a lot else, unless I miss him. Did I miss him? There's a picture of uh, Richard Armitage as Francis Solarhide from Hannibal Season 3. So you can see what the dragon tattoo looks like. Also, uh, Asa Butterfield uh, went on to uh, Reddit. Yeah. Uh, and people are talking about the new Spider-Man, and he was too short. And he said, I'm six feet tall now. And it'd be sweet if I was Spider-Man. And then those were magically deleted. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> but it's funny because he said, I'm six foot feet tall now but it's okay i don't know how tall you are either <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah uh good for him yeah yeah go peter when fuck you you're not yeah. tall enough to play spider who's it what since when is spider-man like a seven foot tall basketball player he's like, like i think he's listed as 511 in like comics but i'm pretty sure toby mcguire is like 58 yeah whatever it doesn't matter it's, if the actor's good who cares yeah who gives a shit you know what they can put the camera below him yeah make him look a little taller like i'm all heroic and shit yeah Guess what? It's hey, maybe we can put him in some like boots, some lifts. Maybe <laughs> yeah, we can you know CG longer legs on him. You could put lifts because you know you don't see the bottom of his feet in the costume. Or how about this? He could take a step towards the camera. <laughs> or it doesn't matter. Yeah, or it just doesn't matter. Cool. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much news. Though I did watch. Uh, have you seen any of the trailers for that Muppets TV show? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm really fun. excited for it. It seems cool. I just scrolled across a picture for it. So. <laughs> Not only do we go see movies in theaters, guys, but we also watch movies throughout the week. This is what we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. I didn't watch too much this week. Uh, I, I feel like I'm so busy now. But busy yeah. doing what? I don't the fuck know. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing either. I mean, I'm working a lot, but I, I work more than the manager at that place. Isn't that weird? Uh, a little. Yeah. Um, anyways. Maybe he should be fired like by his regional, too. I, I rewatched Billy Madison for the first time in years. Yeah, and I, I I've always loved Adam Sandler. I don't know why people don't like Adam Sandler, but I love him. Uh, it's a uh, it's a funny movie, and it's I guess it's the start of his man child kind of yeah movies. But he's always kind of been like that. His stand up act is like that, and I, I think with Sandler, you either like him or you don't. There's uh, some people just can't stand it, but I think he's really funny. I I would argue with you that I'm in the middle. Right, like I would be sometimes I like him, and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I feel like a nut. 
Sometimes you know what movie I'm always tempted to get at Trademark because it's only two ninety nine is Jack and Jill just to see if there's an Adam Sandler movie that I can't stand. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like there are times when I look at an Adam Sandler movie. Now I haven't seen Jack and Jill, but like that that like I don't even want to call it slapsticky, but no, it is that it's that real childish like yeah. You know, but he has a certain humor, right? um, he has a certain audience. And how do you, how I, do you feel I, about Little Nicky? I can't stand Little Nicky. Okay, so there you go. That, that's there's... maybe my least favorite Adam Sandler, just because. I, it's not really him in it, but it's a it's a super expensive, over bloated car, uh, cartoon. Yeah, where you know he talks like this, and that's fine. I don't care. Right. Um. But the rest of the movie is just meh. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, I love stuff like That's My Boy, where it's just stupid yeah. and funny. And... That was pretty good. We, that was another Denver Comic Con. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um. I also watched <laughs> another Adam Sandler movie. I watched Anger Management with. Jack Nicholson. Okay. It just I just happened to stumble across all these Blu-rays now, and um, so I've been watching them and having fun. And it's actually a pretty funny movie. Hmm. Um, I don't re- I didn't remember too much from it, but in it he plays a guy who always kind of gets like passed over and looked over, and Jack Nicholson uh, plays a therapist who helps him. He Adam Sandler gets in trouble on an airplane and he gets kicked off, and he's ordered to go to anger management classes, which. Um, Jack Nelson's character, Buddy, has an extreme method to kind of get the anger out of him. And so it's just one little thing from the next. And uh, John Turturro is really good in it as um, another guy who's really angry. Um, Luis Guzman's really good in it. Um, they have a lot of little cameos. January Jones, I know who you love, James. No, I don't. <laughs> She's also in it. I just like Mad Men. That doesn't mean... Jan- January- but I thought you loved January Jones. No, January Jones I actually like kind of dislike. Um, oh, I, I never yeah. heard you say that before. I'm just kidding. No, she was in a movie called um, The Three Burials of Mel Calidas Estrada, and she's really, really rigid in that, too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think that, like, the yeah, way she's the, a good actress. Yeah, like, the way she behaves in um, X-Men First Class, I uh-huh. think that's just her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she was perfect cast as the ice-cold yeah. white queen. Yep. Um, I, I, I continue my comic book movie binge, and maybe the worst comic... I, I don't know. I have to watch Catwoman again, um, but uh, Nicolas Cage in Ghost Rider uh, is horrible. <laughs> and as I'm watching it, uh, this is no joke. I, I, I saw it when it came out in 2007, and I didn't remember anything about it, which probably says a lot about the film. Yeah, but I, you know, the character of Ghost Rider is cool. It's literally a flaming skull on a flaming motorcycle who like fights demons. Yeah, to me that sounds awesome. It should be easy, and right? he has a chain that he wraps around demons and kills them with. Right. It should be pretty easy to make a cool movie. And that, as I'm watching it, one, it's PG-13. It seems like it should be a rated R movie because it deals Probably. with supernatural stuff. Yeah. Um, and there's a flaming skull. And it seems yeah, and it seems tame for someone who's dealing with the devil and dealing with demons. And in it, anyways, he plays a guy named Johnny Blaze, and they try to set up the first half kind of like Spider-Man, where he has this tragic opening, and it comes across as just horrible acting between these two kids, uh, Johnny Blaze, and I even forget the girl's name, uh, the character's name, and his dad. And his dad is a a daredevil uh, stuntman, and uh, he has cancer, and Johnny Blaze sells his soul to the devil, who's... Is played by Peter Fonda in it, and he's he's not even that good. Part, I, I I like the idea of the cast. Like, yeah, I like yeah. the idea of Peter Fonda being in he it. Does, but he does, he's not effective in the movie, but, but I think it's, it's Peter Fonda fault. is good. It's yeah. not his fault though, because right. the script is so piss poor. Right. Yeah. So he Peter Fonda is wasted, and so they don't even call him the devil. They call him Metastopheles, which is so stupid. Well, but that's that's the Marvel devil. No, uh, Marvel devil is Mephisto. Oh, you're right. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know anything. Call him Mep- that. No, I mean Mephistopheles is a like. Yeah, another, it's a play. Another, on it, another but... name for the devil. Yeah, Me- Mephisto is a short version of Mephistopheles. Anyway, go ahead. Um, so in it, he says, "Please cure my dad of cancer," and so he does. And then, at his next jump, he jumps through a flaming uh, ring and he falls in the fire because the devil makes him, and he dies. Yeah. And so then Johnny plays. Is like, no, dad. And so he falls in the fire. And then you see Peter Fonda's character like laughing in the entryway of the tent of the circus, and so Johnny Blaze like runs up to his dad who's fallen in fire, and he has like just so he gets to him and just basically has like black on him like soot, and <laughs> oh my skin's dirty, and he has enough to say uh, Johnny, and then he dies. I mean, 
So if you fall on really fire, cool. you just basically get soot on you guys, and you're able to wait for your son to find you. It I kills fall. you. I, I, soot on your face kills you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it really does. Um, so the the devil says, well, I'm going to collect on your soul when I need to. <laughs> and Johnny Blaze decides to live a life of solitude. And then it cuts to Nick Cage, and watching it, it's like they got Nick Cage – and Nick Cage says, well, I'm going to come up with all these crazy ideas just to, because I'm Nick Cage. Like, he eats only yellow and red jelly beans, but they never say why. And they're always in a martini glass. It's like he, he just wants to have something to do as an actor, saying, oh, look at me. I'm crazy Nick Cage, and this is what I do. And when he turns into the Ghost Rider, he laughs and, like, screams in pain at the same time. So it's, like, a really inconsistent performance. Um and Wes Bentley plays Blackheart, who is a demon who – I don't even know what the fuck he's trying to do. He has, he wants to burn up some contract. And he has a group of other demons. One's like earth, one's wind, and one's water. And he oh. meets them in this bar, and he introduces each one of them. So he – I don't <laughs> – This rem- is earth. And then like did they, yeah. did they perform their yes. power? Yes. Fuck me. I don't even remember their names, but he'll say – we'll just say water man. <laughs> Here, it'll say like water man and all of a sudden this guy will form out of water and dust man and then a guy comes in from the wind and he's all like dusty yeah that literally happens in this movie it's shitty <laughs> it's shitty and then and there's so many parts where it could be cool i mean there's parts where ghost riders like burning through town and he's going so fast and hard like cars are flipping over that's awesome yeah but then they also make his voice he says stuff like burn in hell why can't it just be nick cage saying it yeah. why does he have some stupid voice well and that is one of the things they fixed for the sequel right? yeah is that that i have sitting on my shelf that now i'm scared to watch again well but we're, we i mean i've seen it yeah like we remembered seeing that movie and feeling like okay this is better than the original yeah. not it's not great but see but you but, have an insane director's doing it because that one's now yeah. in taylor right that one's just got some that's because that one's got better action scenes in it exactly like, so it's still got a sh- piss poor story. Yeah, so I'll watch it, but it was bad. Is the part where he just kind of rides through the swamp? That's like a soundstage. Yeah, it's so bad. Good? Yeah, no, it's no, it's bad. How about and, the how about the part where like he rides and then there's a horse that's ri- running with see, him? Here's the thing: is Sam Elliott's in it, and for yeah. some reason, Sam Elliott makes it better. Sam Elliott's awesome in it because I don't know what it is about Sam Elliott, but he can he can elevate material. Yeah, because he'll say stuff, you know. Well, you're the Ghost Rider. And yeah. He's like, oh, he is the Ghost Rider. He is there. You're right. I'm excited about it. Yeah, because the horse again. is badass because the horse has like – Yeah, the nightmare. Yeah. turns like into flames and it has flame hoofs. Honestly, it makes me want to watch a like cowboy-themed Ghost Rider That's the movie. original Ghost Rider was yeah. Cowboy. Right. If you want to pick up the original Ghost Rider, Andrew has it right now and it's an awesome cover. No shit. Yeah, it's like he's all white and he has a skeleton head and it's a white hat and he's on a horse. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, that does sound cool. Um, it sounds cooler than a Ghost Rider movie starring your cage. Yep. So that was lame. And I also watched a couple episodes of Batman 66, mm. which was fun. Yeah. In the first one, the Riddler sues Batman because Batman thinks he's robbing the museum when, in fact, he just had a gun that he was lighting the cigarette for the museum curator. And Batman gets drunk in it. I don't... I. <laughs> Okay, I don't like Batman 66. You have to watch it and not I, I just think of it seriously because it is pretty much a slapstick comedy. Mm-hmm. Because there's even in that episode uh they're on the ledge and there's bars blocking them getting into the office. And so Robin's, you know, says, "Holy bars, Batman, we can't get in." He says, Fuck. "Hang on, hang on there, chum." And he looks into his utility belt and he has like a welding gun and he unwelds it and he hands the metal bars to rob and he's just about to throw them and batman says whoa easy there boy wonder you know we're we have to protect the citizens because he's just gonna throw it on people and so then he reaches in his uh, utility belt and he also pulls out a hook that he drills into the wall and he hangs the bars on the hook on the side of the building and so yeah it's silly it's pretty funny though and then he tries to drive drunk and the cops won't let him <laughs> that really happens it's awesome uh yeah i had fun watching it good so that's what i watched this week Cool. Brad? You know, I don't remember at all what I watched this week. I don't think I did. I know. I'm actually in the same boat. I've, I've been rewatching uh, How I Met Your Mother. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, the worst, I got the worst podcast ever. Well, I guess I watched Man of Steel. Oh yeah, again. Is it still pretty good? Yeah, I still I still like that movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish the, I wish the sky were blue. Oh, ever, ever oh, since that video. No. no, that video is BS because it what? looks colorful on my TV. Oh really? And oh, that just, guy just needs to adjust his television. He needs to adjust his television <laughs> or, his, or his laptop. Right. I, I, on my laptop, I imagine it would be desaturated. Huh. But on my TV, it looked colorful. So interesting. In your face. But, yeah, because you know when he, I saw that too, I don't. I remember when he was like smiling and figuring out his powers. I kind of remember it being. Yeah. That's like, exactly what happy, I'm talking about. Like that's the part I, that I'm like it's colorful. I don't. I have to watch again. I mean, I watch it when it on Blu-ray and it came out. I'll, I'll watch it again. Inappropriately, so. when. He's fighting Zod in the desolate wasteland that is now Metropolis. It is desaturated, but yeah. it's how it should be because it's like a wasteland. Yeah, and you've got all those like all those weird lighting elements going on because you've got all the spaceships that are like shooting lasers and stuff. And yeah, I mean that would make sense. I want to see Russell Crowe's Jor-El again. All right, well then fuck that video, fuck the internet. Yeah, yeah. man. Hey everyone, go turn off your internet. <laughs> yes. Except listen, to the well, except for this. <laughs> cool. That's it. That's all I can remember. Man. Yeah, How I Met Your Mother still good. Yep, I'm rewatching the whole thing now. I love the rhyme episode that's in the last season. Oh yeah, I need to go back. I'm rewatching some of the earlier seasons that I've seen a number of times. Still I should fun, go though. back and rewatch like those, that's those just later super seasons. Clever. Oh yeah, yeah, it's really good, man. Ugh. 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 I like when Ted stops being a whiny bitch and just starts being Ted. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ted's always kind of a whiny bitch. Yeah, but the first, like, two or three episodes, he's pretty bad. Oh, yeah. But then he kind of gets, you know, I, I don't know what episode it is, um, but he starts, he's, like, doing karate in the hallway. It's halfway through the first season, I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure. Yes. And I, and that's when I still kind of like Ted a lot. I mean, yeah. yeah, he's pretty silly now. Because I really like Ted, but I, when I started watching that show, a lot of people were telling me, like, oh, no, no, no. you watch the show for all of the side characters, but... I like Ted. Uh, no, I like Ted, too. I mean, yeah. and when they start doing, you know, the musicals and things like that, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, cool. The number one movie at the box office is about a couple of pitches. This is the box office stats. Pitch Perfect 2, $69 million. $69. And uh, the, it made more in the first three days than the first movie made its entire run. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Yep. That's a crazy fact. Mad Max Two Fury Road or Mad Max Four Fury Road. Yeah, uh, was number two, which is cool. Yeah, forty-four million. Uh, forty-five. Forty-five. Yeah. So it's, it it just broke two hundred worldwide. So I was cool. already reading ahead this week, and it's uh, it's holding up really well. I think it only fell like forty percent. Yeah, I mean, I've been telling a lot. It's going to have a lot it. of legs. What did was Mad Max last week? No, two weeks ago. What was two last weeks week? ago? The what movie did... we saw. Last what did we week? See? No, we saw Mad Max last week. Yeah, yeah it was last yeah. week. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Because we're doing this on Monday. We're already ahead of the next <laughs> yeah. week. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Which? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah. So, so I guess we'll see a Pitch Perfect 3, huh? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I like the first one. It was fun. I like the first one, too. My I'll, niece wants I to will... go see the second one, so I'll probably take her. Yeah, I'll see it eventually. I like Anna Kendrick. I, we know you do. There's this one scene when she's fighting all. Never mind. Oh, she does have uh, big boobs. There's that scene in Up in the Air when she's wearing a blouse. You a can bitch. totally see down her shirt. Uh, why do you even watch? Never mind. Um, cool. Why do I watch it? Because there's boobs, bro. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are we doing next? Blu rays? Sure. Cool. DVD releases and Blu rays. Hey, speaking of Blu rays, I'm trying to find men, women, and children. Do you have that on Blu ray? No, I have the book. Do you, want, do you want me to buy it on Blu-ray and lend it to you? No, I'll get it. I just I was just curious <laughs> if you happen to get it. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. No, because it's one of your top ten movies from last year. It was. And I don't Adam own, Sandler movie, and I don't own every top ten movie that Weird. I I yeah for every year. Because I mean, every now and then there's there's either ones that are just sneak by, or like honestly, sometimes there are movies where like if they're little indie movies and they're like still twenty five dollars or something like that. Sometimes I'll wait. That's I mean, it's hard to find. I can't find it anywhere. Hmm. I mean, it's on Amazon, but it's like yeah. twenty bucks on Amazon. So I was hoping I could find it cheaper somewhere. Yeah, um, and that's it's true. I haven't seen it at like Tradesmart or anything like that. Mm-mm. So, yeah. Anyways, um, but what I probably will see a lot of at Tradesmart is Seventh Son, starring Jeff Bridges and Julianne Moore, <laughs> and some other guy who's not credited on the front of the box, even though he's in the center of the cover. I think that's the actual star of it. No, it totally is. Yeah, like there's some poor guy whose whose job it is to be in that movie that 
is not getting any recognition at all. Um, but that's what happens when you're in a movie where Jeff Bridges grows a weird beard. I, someone was telling me about that movie. Uh, I think is the kid I work with, and he said that Jeff Bridges is really out of place in it because he still talks like Jeff Bridges. <laughs> that's awesome. And everybody else's, you know, yeah, English or something. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, the kid's like fighting a weird looking dragon on the back. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's cool. Maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, dragons yeah. could can't be that bad, right? Yeah, it's got it's got three out of five stars on uh, on Amazon. Like maybe it's not that bad. Maybe it's the John Wick of fantasy films. <laughs> um, what is definitely not the John Wick of fantasy films though is Cannibal Ferox. Um, which okay, this is a pretty crazy cover. I don't know what the shit this is. I think I'm pretty sure it's a horror movie about. Uh, people getting caught in the in the jungle and eaten by cannibals. Mm-hmm. And this cover, uh, here you'll like it because you can see it on this lady's shirt. Um, so oh, it's nice, it's this woman bro. and she's on her back and she's clearly about to get like killed with a machete and eaten. Um, and then there's this block at the bottom that I've never seen before on a, on a Blu-ray. It says, "Warning: Due to its shocking and violent subject matter, no one under seventeen should view this film." That's like those. Uh old trailers we used to see at the Mayan Look at, for Grindhouse. Oh, where yeah. It's like, Absolutely. You um, cannot see this film. Look at this crazy like thing tied up to a post that somebody's like people have been eaten off of. Nice. And then this other guy's like, oh, man, they ate my friend. On the Vampire Lovers, there's a warning that says, not for the immature viewer. Oh. So maybe I shouldn't be watching that. Yeah. Um, there's a movie called The Loft with James Mars, uh, Marsden and uh, Carl Urban coming out this week. He's also in a movie. I, I it keeps on showing up in my feet because I like horror films called Into the Grizzly Woods or something. Uh, which one, James uh, Marsden? James or? Marsden. Oh, okay, and he it's about a killer grizzly bear. Ooh, so maybe we need to see that one. Like Grizzly Man. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sons of Liberty, the History Channel. Um, it's not a show, right? It's just it's like a, a miniseries. miniseries. Yeah, which I never um, saw. I. Was, I DVR'd it and my in-laws told me it's great, but I could never get over the ads for it. Yeah, where they try to make it really sexy to be an American patriot, and it doesn't seem to fit. But I heard it was good. I don't know. All right, cool. Maybe I'll check it out. I really like Vikings, so yeah. Um, Madman. They thought they were alone. It's a really kind of lame cover to uh, a Screen Factory release. Yeah, the the reversible is really sweet. Oh, is it? Okay, cool. Uh, oh, so is that Mad Men cover? Is that not the uh, original cover? I don't think so. Oh, okay, cool. Like, the other one is, um, I don't know if they have it on there, but it's like uh, this lady in between um, stacks in the library, and there's that dude behind her with an axe. Oh, okay. So well, that's pretty cool. That sounds a lot better. So. Anyways. Um, cool. Uh, and then uh, there is a double feature from Scream Factor as well of Frogs. And the food of the gods, which is an old H.G.O. Wells movie. Yeah, so it's just they're both you know giant giant animal films. Um, you know, I was going to get that, but I saw that they're both rated PG, and that kind of disappointed me. Oh, really? Huh. I want to see like total blood and guts of frogs eating people. And I think I've seen the trailer for that in front of a few Alamo things. And oh, it okay. Look that good. <laughs> they should jump on people, and like then their skin starts like burning stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I gotta mention the logline on Frogs, which is, Today, the pond. Tomorrow, the world. Ooh. <laughs> wow. I, man. Remember Sheesh. all the frogs in Magnolia? Yeah. That was, that was scary. Um, okay, I gotta read through this one. H.G. Wells predicted rocket ships and space travel in things to come. Nuclear energy and the atom bomb in the time machine. Now, the master of science fiction tells his most frightening story. It's a movie about really big rats. Really nice. big rats, by the way, that grab at your breasts. They should. Just, just, just pointing that out. Maybe I'll get totally, that totally Maybe on the, like cover. the cover. Right? Yeah, you do now, now that I pointed out the boobs. This is, yep. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Uh, Ray Donovan season two is on Blu-ray this week. There's a second season in that? Uh, yeah. I like Leaf Shriver. Yeah, I hope that show's good. Uh, and then a Blu-ray of Return, or no, sorry, <clears throat> Revenge of the Ninja, Ooh. which has got a kind of cool cover. That might be a Scream Factory too. It might be. It's, I it's, know they do like American Ninja ones. I I think he's got so he's got like throwing stars in one hand um, that aren't throwing stars that are caltrops. Mm. I don't I don't think ninjas ever used like caltrops as a throwing weapon, but whatever. 
He's got swords and stuff all over him. And he's jumping in the air miles above a city, and then he's got a flare in one hand. Just a flare. Cool. Well, yeah. He needs to see where he's throwing the ninja stars. Uh, he's he's not throwing them anywhere. Yeah, but he needs to see. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, because that high up in the air, there's no light. Yeah. It's really dark up it's here. It's pretty much like city. in outer space. He, yeah, he is. He really is. He's like... He's like in uh, cruising speed uh, altitude. Um, all right, cool. So that's this week. This is a comic book you should be reading. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. James, you pick a comic book this week. Oh man. Uh, okay. All right. So at uh, at Denver Comic Con this week, this week, um, I got to have. I actually bought a new hardcover of Day Tripper. Um, and got it signed by Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba, who are there. Um, and they are both uh, Brazilian independent comic book creators. Um, I believe they both write and do... Like, they both are artists, and I believe they both write their own stuff as well, but this is one where they sort of uh, collaborated together to make this book. Um, and Day Tripper, Tri- Trippers tells the story of a guy who... Um, he works at a newspaper writing obituaries. Um, and basically, it's... Each issue of the series is a story of the day of his of a, of a day in his life, and it's narrated in the style of an obituary, um, not in a really depressing way, but in a like you know talking about who the guy is and like what he's leaving behind and that kind of thing. And then at the end of every every epi- every issue, um, one way or another, he dies, or it's sort of, sort of implied that he dies. Um, and so it's a really cool little. Um, it's about I don't know ten issues long, um, and it's a neat it's a neat book because it sort of reminds you about um, how how sort of temporary his life is, and how, and to really you know take advantage of um, all of the opportunities in your life, and you know to appreciate all the people that you have and what you have going on in your life. Um, and it's not it's not depressing in any way at all. Like what I'm describing sounds like something really sad, but it's not. It's really this sort of celebration of what a person's life is and sort of makes you think back on, you know, all of the things that you've been through and, and all of the different times when like, you know, it could have just ended there, but it didn't. Um, and it's a really neat book. The art is just gorgeous. Oh, it's stunning. Yeah. It's a, it's like watercolor. Yeah. The, yeah, exactly. It's sort of a sketchy art. There's not a lot of lines to it is almost how I want to say it. And then it's, it's watercolored in, um, and just feels very, natural and and sort of dreamlike um it's a really fun book it's a pretty light read um it's one that i would you know recommend to almost anybody to just you know pick it up uh and read through it leisurely um it's you know one of those little gems that just sort of floats around that i don't think a lot of people talk about but um but definitely worth a read uh and i'm sure you can pick it up at uh at mile high or at uh not at mile high comics don't fucking go to mile high you'll way overpay at uh, Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, um, you get 20% off, you'll get 20% off there. Uh, I get the hardback, which is a gorgeous hardback. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, a lot of cool stuff at the back, but you can get a normal trade of it, too. Um, so that's a really cool opportunity to read a, a neat little book. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I think all we got left is the review, right? Yeah. Cool. Uh, this week we went and saw Tomorrowland. Brad, should people go see Tomorrowland? You know, in all fairness, I can't say whether or not because I did sleep through most of it. So, <laughs> and I'll say the stuff I did watch was really friggin' boring. So, whatever. <laughs> you, you're care. a yellow light. <laughs> James, should people see Tomorrowland? Um, well, I can tell you that I told my parents not to see Tomorrowland. Um, I told them they should probably rent it because um, they were really disappointed when I said you shouldn't see Tomorrowland. But, yeah, I, I had a really rough time with this movie. I think... There's so much good in this movie, and it's hard for me to even talk about because I just feel like it's fundamentally broken. Um, because I didn't have, it didn't have a lot of momentum to it, and I didn't feel invested in the way I should have, and it felt a little on the nose. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I don't think you need to see it. I think you can rent it. Um, yeah, I wouldn't rush out and see it. it it's disappointing. I'll get into the review, but yeah, yeah you're right. It seems. Like there's too much going on and not yeah. enough of it works. Yes. Um, but here, here's a trailer for Tomorrowland. Every second that ticks by, the future is running out. Newton? 
not mine. What's not yours? The pen. I've never... What if there was a place? Dad, I just need you to look at this. Does it look weird? A secret place. Where nothing is impossible. I loved how this movie started. I love the little boy bringing the event invention to the World's Fair, and he has a jetpack, and the little boy is really cute, and he just wants to make the jetpack, and it, uh, you know, win is fifty dollars, and I love that part. Yeah, and then it goes into this weird Tomorrowland thing, which is fine. He gets on; it's a small world, so it's you know a Disney thing, and he he ends up going to the future, basically. Or so you're told it's the future. Yeah. And after that, it flashes forward to... Oh, I guess that is not even the very beginning. At the very beginning, uh-huh. it starts with George Clooney yelling at the audience. Yes. So I was gonna, I was waiting for you to stop because I was going to correct you and go, that's not actually how the movie <laughs> yeah. starts, Ryan. So you have to wait 10 minutes, and then you get the cute kid with the jetpack. <laughs> and it's a, it's a daring, um, experimental way to start a movie. But I and, I and there's a part of me I would really love to know whether or not the production company made them do it, um, because I'm worried that like somebody else watched the movie and said, "Hey, this doesn't work." But the truth is, the way it ties into the end, I think is I, intentional. I think it is intentional because I think when it ties into the end, it's he's talking to the audience that you're the future, that you're the recruits of making the world a better place. It is a, it is a bad, um, it is a bad tool used poorly, and it. It hurts the movie in some bad ways. And that's the thing is you don't you don't like George Clooney's character. So well, it's not even the it's not even the, like his tone or anything like that. It's that I feel like I'm not invested in like there's no I lose any sense of wonder. I lose any like investment in that character early on because it is in the context of them telling me this story and it's like this there's this kooky back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that it's temporary. I know that I'm not like I'm not on. Along for the ride. Yeah. You know, like you're laying these pieces out in front of me. It's a, it's a bad way to script it. No, I agree. And I, like I said, I, lo- like, I love the story of the little boy and the invention. Yes, yes. If that was a whole movie and then he eventually grew up to be George Clooney, I would have loved it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was actually surprised because, too, it deals with NASA and stuff. And James is a sucker for NASA. Yeah. So if James doesn't like that. Dude, I was movie. like, I was like rooting for that girl when yeah. she's breaking down that shit. I was like, yeah, fuck those guys! Like, yeah. come on, man. Uh, and so the the story just keeps on unfolding that uh, there's there's androids around, and they come from. Wait, did we ever find out where those androids were from? No, that's why, right. Why are there big shiny tooth androids around? Like, that's the problem. Yeah, why is... are they trying to stop people? Is it because well, they didn't want them to? Well, no, they're from Tomorrowland. Yeah, and they're trying to. They're trying to stop. Uh, I mean, the 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 bad guy. So, all right, we're gonna get into spoilers here for sure. Um, basically, Hugh Laurie's character is in Tomorrowland, 
and doesn't want them to interfere with the fact that the Earth is going to fall apart um, because, honestly, he's just frustrated with humans because he he has implanted in their in their minds the fact that the earth is like the earth needs attention and there's all these things going on that are going to cause the earth to like expire. self-destruct yeah yeah um and he's so frustrated by the fact that he put that image into their heads that he's just going to let it happen right like he knows for a fact it's going to happen and they they're doing nothing to change it um and so i think he doesn't want he doesn't want george clooney's character or the little robot girl or the main character to interfere with it. But even that motivation is not terribly well It doesn't defined. make sense because yeah. if you go to Tomorrowland, his world is crumbling too. Yeah. The, the truth is what – the truth is they needed action scenes. And their excuse for action scenes are these scenes where they fight with robots. And they're, they're not particularly great. I, I mean I'm not as, as – frustrated as i am with damon lindelof's script i am equally as frustrated with brad bird because i don't think i don't think that tomorrowland is particularly there there is a shot of tomorrowland that's really cool but like when the little boy goes there it's too much cgi Mm -hmm. and i'm not just saying this because of mad max it's too much cgi that doesn't look believable and it's not a really fun action scene um it just sort of is an action scene and that's the thing too is the I mean, there's shots in it. It's it's so disappointing because the talent that's yeah. involved. But I mean, there is a great moment when she, uh, Casey, the little the the young girl in it, gets her pin and she finds a way to go into Tomorrowland. It's awesome. And she's walking through, and it's one continuous shot of her following everything in Tomorrowland. I think's amazing. And yeah, then, but it's also, I mean, yeah, it it is really cool. It's yeah. really cool, and I won't take away from it the fact that like. Yes, it's clearly all a CG scene, but there's also a reason. Like, there's a story element mm-hmm. why that scene works the way it That's does. That's what I mean. It's and really cool. It, and it works so well, but then it unravels when they go to – she f- tries to find out the origin of this pin, and she goes to Texas, and it's – you know, the androids are there, and – yeah. I don't know. It's I, just I too much. A lot of the stuff that happens in the real world needed to happen in half as much time. I agree. Um, like, yeah, you didn't need – you didn't need George Clooney's character. You didn't need any of the scene where she goes to the the, the store to try to sell the pin, and Keegan Michael uh, Michael Key is there, and um, and like they try to kill her or anything like that. You didn't need that. You needed her to just have an excuse to get to George Clooney, and George Clooney figures out that she can save the world, and they go to Tomorrowland, mm-hmm. you know, and then have the adventure in Tomorrowland, mm-hmm. then explore the history of Tomorrowland. It seems like a lot of mist. Yeah, you're right. Fragmented. It- Especially because, like, my favorite character in the movie is Athena. Yeah. And she's amazing. And I and she spends half the movie as this weird, aloof character. Mm-hmm. Like, you've built this awesome character and you're wasting my time on a I need an action scene every ten pages script where you've you've built in these action scenes in the first half that are just that just slow it down. Yeah. Uh, did, you, did you want to say something, Brad? I'm just, uh, I was going to wait, but, like, what was up with the frame rate? I didn't, you it said was, something. Was I didn't weird. notice the frame rate at all. It's like jerky. Really? Did you? It seemed yeah. like uh, I couldn't tell. If, um, you know, I, obviously I only saw part of it, but it seemed like when they were in Tomorrowland, everyone was like moving slightly faster than normal. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. It's really I didn't weird. That. Um, it's like, like, like the Eiffel Tower. Was that Eiffel Tower in the future? No. Or was that no, modern are, day? No, it was there too. Yeah, it, oh, it's weird. when any time it dealt with those androids, it was weird. It, so, it seemed like oh, the some, androids were moving faster. So it seems like it was uh, half Hobbit and then half a normal movie. Yeah, it seems like it was the frame rate of the the 3D Hobbit. When See, they, and that sounds cool. If they had done a thing where uh, now that it would be obnoxious, but if they had done a thing where <laughs> when, when you go into moving fast at the top of the Eiffel Tower, where they have like the four like science android uh, things. See, it could I, have been I, an I editing thing too, it. because it seems like those scenes were like really cut poorly. T- I don't know. It was just something not right with this film. And you know, cause I, I always say, you know, I have problems with the movie because there's parts where I do love, like, I love yeah. the little, I love George Clooney's little boy character. Yep. And then at the end, when they realize that Athena has a self destruct and that they're going to use her to blow up the satellite that's beaming bad images to earth or whatever. And, they have they set up the scene earlier in the house where George Clooney's as a little boy says, I'll get you to laugh. And yeah. then, um, you know, he's carrying Athena up as she's dying. And she says, you know why you I never laughed at 
anything you said? And he says, no, why? She said, because you're not that funny. And that, like, that's a great moment. It's coming. a really good I'm sorry. Line. No, I did. Yeah, I, I no, saw you it see coming, it coming too. It's really good. It's really good. Like, yeah. I, it's still cute. Yeah. But then it devolves into, like, a really bad CGI George Clooney. And yeah. I don't know. It's just. It's, it's, too, it's too bad because it's so much stuff. It's a well built world. It seems like they, they really came up with some cool ideas. Um, and I know this, I know that this is how they wrote it because. I mean, it's even in, if you watch the way, you know, it's it's directed by Brad Bird, scripted by Damon Lindelof and Brad Bird, and then story by Damon Lindelof, Brad Bird, and this other guy. Well, Damon Lindelof and Brad Bird and, and the other guy went off and spent a bunch of time writing a whole bunch of backstory for Tomorrowland to figure out how the whole thing works. And then they clearly just, the the problem is they tried to jam too much of it in there mm-hmm. and, like, they didn't just let the world exist, yeah. you know? It, instead, there's all this it feels like a Wachowski Brothers movie. It feels like there's just yeah. all this bullshit in there that doesn't actually help with the story. Um, and, and honestly, the stuff that's extra is is not really great world-building stuff. Mm-hmm. It's everything about... It's all the action scenes about robots in the real world, and I don't care anything about that. Like, get me into Tomorrowland and give me an adventure in Tomorrowland. You know, that's what we all wanted. Um, because that's the thing. At the end of the day, you you boil this movie down to really what it's about... And like the, the these ideas about like, you know, as as soon as human beings believe that the um, that the world is dying, and then they just are content with that, that it means it's for sure going to happen, and that it needs like it needs people like our main character uh, Casey, who like who want to change things and want to be good to to make the world a better place. Like it's a really cool story, and mm-hmm. the the idea of you know, of the failure of Tomorrowland being that they create a tool that allows them to see the future and that the future isn't as uplifting as they all believed it was when they started Tomorrowland. Like, it's it's a brilliant idea for a story. It's so cool and exactly what you wanted a, a Tomorrowland movie to be. And yet it's bogged down by all this stuff that's not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's just such a shame. And the uh, the the weird intrigue of George Clooney falling in love with a 12-year-old robot yeah. is awesome. Like, I just love that. Like, you know, the scenes between young him and Athena are so cute. And then to, to realize, like, the sadness of mm. him growing old and her not um, and how kind of depressing and, and sort of beautiful that is. Like, it's so good. Yeah, there's parts where this movie idea. works well. Yeah. And then, it, then the rest of it is just like, oh. And that's why I can't recommend it because... It's just too frustrating. It's a frustrating film. Yeah. I, I just... Man. Yep. You know what's really good? Prometheus. And anybody, <laughs> who, think, anybody who thinks that I'm just a Damon Lindelof apologist knows for sure now that that's not true. What is the, the, the pin? Like, sometimes I saw him holding it, and, like, it would transport them to, to Tomorrowland, and other times they'd be holding it and nothing was happening. Oh, it's, a, it's got a battery in it that runs out during one of the scenes you would slept through. Oh. Yeah, there's a timer on the back. Yeah, um, so she only has yeah it only works for a certain amount of time did you were you awake for the part where they reveal what the pin actually is no okay so the pin is just a commercial so the pin doesn't actually take you to Tomorrowland the pin is to give you a vision of Tomorrowland so that you'll um, go looking for it and want to be inspired to do things so it was like a it was like a teaser trailer for a world that didn't exist. So that's why everybody, it's George like, Clooney even references at one point, like everybody has the same ex- uh, experience in Tomorrowland when they use a pin. So when you're like walking downstairs and then you touch it and like you're falling down in Tomorrowland as you're falling in like real life? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. Or like if you're riding on a, a scooter or something and you're moving through a cornfield, I don't Maybe you were supposed to wear the pin in a like VR booth where you were on, <laughs> where you were on a treadmill. I don't know. They never show yeah. us how the how the how the pin was supposed to be used. They just show us how Athena MacGyver's the pin to to work for. Yeah, her. well, she you know Casey went into that field. Yeah, and walks. So yeah, she then Casey walk. does it in yeah. a field. Okay, so, so Athena fine. puts it in. And why was she even in jail? I Athena forget. stole. How? Why was Athena in jail? No, uh, Casey. Oh. oh, oh my God. Okay, so Kate. All right, so let's. So Casey's sneaking into NASA because they're tearing down the launch pads because America doesn't believe in science anymore. Uh, this part's all about. This is all real life stuff. So America doesn't believe in science anymore. So it's not giving any funding to NASA. So we're not building rockets. So they're tearing down all the launch pads. Her dad is a scientist. 
uh, an engineer, and so he's going to lose his job, even though he's really smart. So she's sneaking in and, and breaking, <laughs> breaking the cranes uh, at NASA so that they can't do it. She gets caught. She goes to jail. She gets out of jail. While she's in jail, Athena slips the pin into her bag. Okay. Yeah. Yep. The girl who plays Casey's really good. She's great. Everybody's great. George Clooney's really great. Like, once he stops being, like, bitter and angry, he's great. I mean, even when he's bitter and angry, he's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even Hugh Laurie is yeah. pretty good. I was a jerk. Yeah. Totally a I, jerk. I, actually, I don't... I missed all his jerky moments because when he got this, like, dispatched, I was like, what did he do so bad? <laughs> he, just, he just rejected some science. He's pretty much just got, like, a scene... Where he like he has a monologue near the end where he explains it because he's he's pretending to be a good guy for so long that um, you know you just you just think that like George Clooney's in trouble um, and that that's why he's not invited back to Tomorrowland and then you figure out like oh no like it's actually because this guy's kind of an asshole so yeah I thought the the androids smiling androids that like would shoot someone and they'd explode instantly like I thought they were worse than Hugh Laurie. Yeah, they were. That's yeah. why a lot of them get killed. I miss those parts. Yep. Uh, next week, me and Brad are seeing San Andreas. Are we? Why isn't James seeing it? I am going to be Oklahoma. in Oklahoma for work. Uh, do I see San Andreas? Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, there's nothing else coming out. Uh, you don't have to. I can do the show by myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that or Aloha. Oh, Aloha. oh, Aloha's next week? Go see Aloha. Fuck, yeah. I heard it's really bad though. What? Yeah. Amy Pascal is like in the emails. She about that movie. She said maybe next time we should read the script because <laughs> they just gave it to Cameron Crowe because of who he is. Aww. But we'll see. Emma Stone's like, in it, so that's, like, that's a plus. Yeah, she yeah. looks great in it too. The the trailer is like awesome. Oh yeah, the trailer is great. The trailer is like one of the best Cameron Crowe movies I've seen in a while. I know, remind me. But I thought the trailer for Elizabeth Town would be good too. And yeah, then I, we'll see. I mean, I'll still see it. I know. Would, I'd rather see San Andreas, but and to be fair, half of Elizabeth Town is good. <sighs> we'll figure something out. Figure it out. As always, um, thanks for listening. Thank you, Denver Comic Con. Thanks to everybody who sat in with us at Denver Comic Con. Thank you, James. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Ryan. And um, we'll see you in the movies. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.